0: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. No days off! No days off! No days off! No days off! This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest with Andy Hart. All right. Good to be with you. All right. You this microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. <laughs> Hannibal. Hannibal. Oh. Here. Mr. It's dot fight. on WEI.com.
1: I think the Patriots or a lot of other people stole our ideas of doing the all decade team now like four months after the new decade's begun.
0: Yeah, we did it at the end of the decade. They did it well into the next decade, but to be fair, yeah, a bit of a little bit of a lack of uh, content and stuff to talk about right now. So it probably gets the job done, but yes, off day podcast did their, uh, hour, our, uh, I should say, uh, all decade team in December. And to be fair, it's also very similar to the Patriots. Although I give us credit because we did actual 11 man team. Yes. Right. They did 12 players on offense, 12 players on defense, which I don't know if you know is actually a flag in the national football league. You're not allowed to play with 12 players. Um, Although I actually like their team better in one sense in that. James Devlin. Yes. Gave my guy, James Devlin a spot on the roster. Unanimous selection. Uh, Um, He was, he ran out of post. He was still unanimous. (laughs) That's how it works. Um, And then the other difference we had, we didn't have Lawrence guy. They had Lawrence guy. They liked him so much that they propped him up on a conference call to talk about the team. Um, We had Jamie Collins on. They had Dante, uh, Kyle Van. Van, to which I wrote yesterday, Collins had more tackles, sacks, interceptions, forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, made a Pro Bowl. Certainly a strong case can be made that Jamie Collins should be on that team. But Van is a good player. I don't really have a huge problem with him being on there.
1: No, I mean, it was if you're going to choose between the two, I think we both would have gone Collins. We did. But, I mean, I, I'm not, like, going to write a column shredding the decision.
0: No, it it's minor. Just the same way it's minor – They had Joe Tooney, the Patriots. By the way, theirs was selected by their 27-member Patriots Hall of Fame selection committee when they voted on the candidates for induction into the hall this year. They also voted on this all-decade team in early April. Um, They went with Joe Tooney and Logan Mankins at guard. We went Logan Mankins and then went with a traditional right guard opposite Logan Mankins, so we went Shaq Mason. I think Shaq Mason and Joe Tooney are sort of a coin flip. I think they're kind of same-same.
1: Absolutely. like. It's kind of the same thing with Collins and and Van Noy. Like, whoever you pick, you really can't make an argument. Like, you're not going to be really upset about who you choose.
0: And over the last year, Tooney was better because I think Mason dealt with that knee injury that kind of hurt him. But I think when they're both fully healthy, Mason's probably a little bit of a better player. And Tooney stays healthier more. He's he's more durable, never misses anything. But I think it's fine. I think they're both sort of interchangeable, which – probably gets into the sort of the contract stuff where they gave Mason the extension and now they have Tooney under the franchise tag. Do they want to really keep both some of that? Um, but other than that, I thought the all decade team was what you'd expect. And I think if anything shows how great they've been most of the all decade or a big chunk of the all decade teams on the all decade team for the national football league for the last 10 years as well, that was put by the pro football hall of fame. I think it's six guys made that yep. roster from the Patriots. So it is what it is. I guess it's a good talking point, but in reality, there weren't a ton of hard decisions. Debatable. Yeah. I mean, who do you, who do you really fight over? There's not really much there. I thought the the one thing that stood out was there weren't many like pro bowlers on the offensive side of the ball besides
1: Brady and Gronkowski. Nobody, nobody else made a pro bowl.
0: Cause Edelman gets screwed every year or not screwed. It's just sort right. of the nature of the beast. He's not a number one superstar receiver outside guy. So he doesn't make it. They haven't had the running back. They haven't had the O-line. The O-line. I mean, could Joe Tooney or Shaq Mason be a Pro Bowl guard? Probably. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's – but that also falls into the whole, you know, off-season narrative of they haven't drafted a Pro Bowler in six years. That's true, too. Some of those were offensive and some of those, you know, it is what it is, as Bill Belichick would say.
1: Did I – we want to get more into that or do you want to get into I had another, you want to branch off into the the Patriots Hall of Fame um, talk? We haven't really talked about that in this
0: podcast. Um, Yeah, I I, I think it's funny. I don't think par, it's Parcells, Mike Vrabel, and Seymour. Seymour. And I think Richard Seymour should be the first guy in. I think he's the best Patriot of that group, best player, Um Certainly Parcells, it's hard to measure Parcells because it was a short span, but there's no doubt he rebuilt the legitimacy of the New England Patriots. He put them on the map. I can still remember, I was a little kid, homesick, the day they announced his hiring and it was like the coolest thing ever. Like you suddenly thought the Patriots were, for me, who was watching a lot of Raiders games back then because the Patriots sucked and they weren't on TV and the Raiders were it was suddenly like, oh, you know, maybe my team is actually going to be good now. Maybe my team will, you know. So you have Bledsoe and Parcells, and he went to a Super Bowl. So he he rebuilt you to the point you were on the cut. Now, the flip side of that is the way it ended and the whole thing where he was basically already the Jets coach while he was still coaching the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Was he only half invested in that Super Bowl? Would things have turned out differently? What You know, all the phone calls, blah, blah, blah. So I think Parcells, to me, should be a team Hall of Famer. But I think if you're just going to base it on pure what you gave to the franchise in the time you were there, Seymour was eight years, three Super Bowls, first round pick. He's going to be a pro football Hall of Famer at some point. He's been a, uh, whatever they call it, semifinalist or finalist yeah. the last couple years. So I, I think Seymour is the, I, I think all three are, I think all three should end up in the hall at some point. I love Mike Vrabel as much as anyone. But I think Vrabel would tell you he got a lot of production playing behind Richard Seymour. Richard Seymour eating up multiple blocks made him a better player. So I know Seymour didn't end well. He got traded away. He butted heads with Belichick a number of times over the years. But just on the surface – but a lot of people don't agree with me. I did uh, Mud at Night one night when this came out, and we said, okay, on the count of – there's one obvious selection from the three finalists. On the count of three, say it, one, two, three – And I said Seymour, and he said Parcells. He's dead set that Parcells should be the guy.
1: I'm kind of with Mutt in a sense because I just look at it as, like, when else is Parcells going to be able to get in? Because there's going to be so many other guys that are going to be on this list in the next 10-plus years that I just think Parcells' time is going to run out. There's going to be so many other players that are so much more deserving that I think this should just – you have to get him in this year because if he doesn't get in this year – I don't think he's gonna get in, going to get in at all unless they change it and add multiple people per
0: year. Well, see, I also think there's could be an argument for Robert Kraft to just step in and say, this guy's been a finalist a number of times. I don't know how you say it um, with kid gloves, but he's not getting any younger, and we'd like to have him at the ceremony and not do it posthumously. Right. And have a double-up ceremony. With, there's going to be one player and Bill Parcells. I think that would be a good look. I think it would make a fun ceremony that they do. Hopefully you think by that would, time you, we're actually back to ceremonies. You think Parcells would come and do all this? I do. I think the aging Parcells—the way he's sort of softened as he gets nearer and nearer to death—and um, I actually don't even know his health status right now, but he's certainly getting older and aging. I think he would. I think it would make for a good ceremony because Bill would come out. It'd be great. I, that that so, be. You know how we always skip these. I would actually go to that. Right. Um, so. I would not be opposed to, and Mr. Kraft has done these, he's right, it's his team, has Wait, done these types Ma, of things. You're not saying
1: Mr. Kraft, Robert. 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 It's Mr. Kraft. Robert. Why can't I be polite? Robert. Why? You don't work for them anymore, it's Robert. Well, I can still be respectful.
0: Robert. Oh, screw you. Mr. Mr. Field. Mr. Field. I've never met him in my life, wouldn't know him if he punched me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. how old is he? He's young, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, probably like fifty ish. Yeah, I wouldn't call him Mr. He's like less than a decade older than I am. Nope. He doesn't get Mr. Okay. Mr. Kraft is like forty years older than I am. Uh so hold on, I don't call, him call Mr. Belichick, I call him Bill. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting. Uh but yeah, that I, I would like to see Robert step in and just make that happen. Just say we're making a special uh exception here and we're gonna put him in. And I think that because I don't know there's enough people that hate Parcells. Yep have like negative emotions that in a in a in a ballot when he's going up against a player with any kind of popularity I think he might always lose right so I think you might just have to put him in there separately which I would be all for I wouldn't sometimes I hate when people tinker with things and manipulate things this would be one I'd be all for do you think that would be a bad look in a way no why
1: no just by like Parcells be like they just like did this to get me in? Like, I didn't actually get voted in. Like, do you think he would actually want to get voted in himself?
0: Well, but I'm sure you would. Right. But isn't it also somewhat meaningful that the 27 member committee has voted you a finalist a number of times? Right. And then Robert Kraft or whatever put you in. I think that would be good too. I mean, he and Robert Kraft are the reason they butted heads and it went south. So, right. That guy puts you in. I, I would like it. I, I, and if I were him, I would like it. I wouldn't – because to me, he, he, he's probably understanding of how Everything. Patriots fans right. feel and how it worked, and he's probably un- realizes it is what it is. So, yeah, I don't but, see any argument against putting – and didn't Robert do this with – um they did it with Gil, right? Gil Santos. They put yep. him in immediately. Yep. So there's a precedent for having done it. I mean, he's not a coach, but it's still a guy you want to put in to the hall when you want to put him in. Do you think that uh, they're going to have to change things moving forward by having multiple people in per year? Uh, No, I would not.
1: So, but if you go by that, you know, mentality, there's going to be a time where some players that are really deserving don't get in.
0: No, they'll get in. Because here's the dirty little secret. I'm going to go back to my Charles Barkley quote when he was drunk in the Patriots locker room. When Belichick and Brady leave, y'all going to fucking suck. So, like – James White might not get in until 20,
1: I don't know, 35? Sure. Okay.
0: I don't have a problem with that. And it gives you as a fan and as a team and as a, as a celebration reason to look back on the glory days when you might be going 4-12 and 12 for a few years and 6-6 six and six and just be mediocre and not really have any Pro Bowlers or, or Hall of Fame type players. I, I think it's fine because I, I think you go the other way. Then if you say, okay, you know what? We have just a backlog. We're going to put in a uh, – we're going to recognize – say they were going to recognize like a certain team and put right. in like five players from one team and say this is the inaugural blah, blah, blah. Well, in a few years, then all of a sudden you might be putting in guys that don't deserve so to go in. in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah that's, that's the other side to look at it. So I would just let it play out. And if you really get, you know, pie in the sky, let's say pie in the sky – Jarrett Stidham is the next quarterback. So he's good. So you're well on your way. He's established the next generation of Patriots. You know, Nikhil Harry is catching passes and you're like, whoa, he's a Pro Bowl receiver. Yeah. Then maybe you consider it. But I think there's just as likely the chance that you're just becoming one of these mediocre teams and you want the ceremony, you want the backlog, you want the reliving of the Super Bowls and the glory days 10 years from now, 15 years from now, as you start to put all these. Because remember, I mean, you're going to have the Brady one. He's not right. done. You're going to have the Gronk one. He's not done. Um, Vinatieri. You know, there's yeah. there's a lot of guys that aren't done. So, God, I, God. I would just, I would let it play out. I would let it definitely play out.
1: And I'm with you, where you don't want to have a scenario where it just becomes like a, it doesn't mean anything. It's just right. like you actually want it to mean something, and not just like every decent player gets in. You actually want it to have meaning and it
0: actually be a true team hall thing. Plus I think you've set the, the sort of standard and precedent of how it works. Those guys deserve their days. Like why should, you know, Gustavsky and somebody else go in? No, give him his day. If you deem him a Patriot hall of famer, give him that ceremony, that celebration. That's all his, that everybody's focused on him. The stories are about him. The, the sit down is about him. So Okay, that's a good – let's roll it into that because I think there's a guy that's a borderline Patriots Hall of Famer who retired this week in fullback James Devlin. I believe he is the type of player that team Halls of Fame were made for. Like, he's never going to be a great – like, is he a Hall of Famer in the NFL? No, he isn't. But did – I mean, Bill Belichick basically, although it's kind of become his go-to thing now – tied winning to James Devlin, like in the example of he played five seasons, won three Super Bowls in those yep. seasons. To me, he's a team Hall of Famer. Like, I have no – I would have no shame. Like, he's not Brady. He's not Gronk. He's not those right. guys. But in, in 10 or 15 years, put him in, I think that's a fun ceremony. I think that's – But if you're going to go that, like, is Nate Solder, is he a team Hall of Famer? I would say no.
1: But, like, what's the bigger difference there?
0: Uh, I like James Devlin more.
1: No, I know, but like you're gonna have a lot. You're gonna have a lot of those guys, like guys that won multiple Super Bowls and played roles in those teams. Sure. So, is James Devlin really deserving, or just deserving in your mind because you love him so much?
0: A little bit of both. No, I'm, I'm a big. I, I've argued with um, my former boss Fred Kirsch about this for years because he doesn't. He thinks the standard for the team Hall of Fame should be like almost as high as the. Pro football, yeah, truly great players, like multi-time pro bowlers, blah, blah, blah. And I don't. I think, oh, I- guys, like Kevin Falk to me is like the prototypical team Hall of Famer. Right. Like he never made a Pro Bowl. When you go back and look at his stats, you're like, wow, his numbers really weren't that good. He never really caught as many passes as I thought he did. He didn't. But you remember the big plays. You remember the longevity and the leadership. And to me, that he's a team Hall of Famer and always should be. James Devlin, not as long a period of time and had some injuries, but had a core role with the team. Was clearly loved by Belichick and by Brady, by McDaniels, by everybody. I just like, I mean, who do you think they loved more, James Devlin or Nate Solder?
1: Devlin. But now I'm,
0: okay. just, I'm thinking to other guys like Drawn Harmon. No.
1: Why not? He had not some- as long, not as impactful. He had some big interceptions in playoff games. He was there for pretty much All bounced time. up in the air and he
0: fair caught it.
1: He was there for pretty much the same amount of time.
0: Uh, Devlin was there longer, but he was missed a couple of years with IR. So yeah, similar. And like Patrick Chung. Uh, I think Patrick Chung's a Patriots Hall of Famer.
1: I agree too. Like okay. I'm just saying, like you're gonna have some of these guys that are in the same category as James Devlin, who I think have better resumes.
0: Well, I'll be stuffing the ballot box online to get James Devlin in. Well, he has to be a finalist first. Much like I, I did for the Pro Bowl when I helped get him in the Pro Bowl a couple of years ago. Well,
1: you, did, you, you do deserve credit for that because you actually could impact that. For the, the other thing, you have to he has to get on the ballot first, and I don't think you have a role in that. Unless they have like a special Andy Hart gives his speech for James Devlin at the meeting.
0: Well, to be fair, some of those people could die by the time he... Well, that was the
1: other uh, thing I was actually going to say. To be fair, maybe you'll actually be on the committee in a couple
0: of years. I should be on the damn committee.
1: What classifies someone getting on the committee?
0: Uh, picked Pictum.
1: No, I, I, I... Yeah, is that really what it is? Uh, basically. Because I think that... I mean, I don't want to give off names, but there are people on the committee voting that do not deserve to vote at all.
0: Would agree 100%.
1: And I won't owe anybody, but yes, that's
0: it's true no but the way it started basically he tried to pick people from every like general major news outlet that covered the team right but you know a lot of those guys are now retired a lot of those guys are in different jobs or the outlet it doesn't really cover the team as much or there's sort of just a but I guess it's like a lifetime position once you're in the room they don't ask you to leave even if you right I, I don't and you know they have they have some, like, Andre Tippett's there, Ernie's Adams there. They have the football side sort of represented to give those uh, – that that yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. They picked him a while ago, and they've just stuck with it, whether they haven't really added – I don't feel like certain people that should maybe be added. But whatever. Who cares?
1: Okay. All right. Okay. Um, next topic. We'll get in. I guess, start branching off Joe Tooney. Okay, Joe Tooney. You want to trade still, him? Yeah, he's still on the roster – $15 million cap hit. I don't think he's going to play the year on that cap hit. Didn't get traded during the draft. Uh, what's your take on Joe Tooney right now?
0: Uh, well, my personal take is trade him for whatever you can get, but I don't know if the longer this goes, isn't that not likely? Is he one of those guys that Schefter was referring to that big deals and, you know, maybe the team has to be able to visit with him. Right. But the problem there is July 4th, 15th I believe is the deadline for him to sign an extension yep so I know that's a ways away but not that far away where it's who knows where the world is going if the NFL opens up its facilities and he can take visits and meet with an owner and get a physical and a new team you know in the Dolphins facility let's say they want to trade for him Um, plus at some point team when you're talking about a player of that quality teams are probably going to move on correct so Timing-wise, coronavirus-wise, I just can't envision the Patriots stuck paying him $15 million this year.
1: Now, I could see an extension. Like, he's, I think he's worthy of an extension. I kind of do,
0: but I kind of don't
1: really. Well, he's not worth, like, breaking the bank for, but if you could maybe get him to take a two-year
0: deal or three-year deal, no I chance. would – for him to take it. Why would he take that when he knows he would have been the best guard on the market and gotten a five-year deal for $50 million plus? I agree. Just loyalty. I don't know. Okay. If he's a sucker and he just wants to take it, yes, I would I would do that. I don't believe – I wouldn't give him a market value deal just because, A, you've invested now in a bunch of interior offensive linemen in the draft that you'd hope. Right. And that's how you used to play it, you know. The Joe Andrewsies and the Russ Hochsteins and the Billy Yates and the Ryan Wendells and the Dan Conleys were just practice squad guys.
1: You also had had Dante DeSaronecki then.
0: Well, that doesn't mean I can just waste money at guard. I mean, so you wouldn't pay Tom Brady, but you're going to pay Joe Tooney? No, I know. It's a bad look, but I think that they're in a tough spot right now because
1: they're just sort of – no team's going to want to – Trade for somebody that they're going to invest so much in when they're going to be way down the road into building already for the team. And they can't afford to pay him $15 million against a salary cap this year. That's way too much.
0: But can they even really afford long term to pay him? I mean, they can afford it. You can afford anything you want. But is it smart business and economics to pay him a market level deal, which would lower his cap number this year, but you're still going to be doling out $30 million Uh, in guarantees or something?
1: Yes, because they have so much cap space coming up. Like I think, so?
0: But, so spend it on positions that matter. But what if All, they, I can't ever get out of my head. One long, long time ago when Bill Belichick, we were doing a coach's corner thing for PFW, and he said, you can always find a guard. So why am I paying $15 million if you can always find a guard? Because you don't have Tom Brady, at quarterback, and maybe your team's evolving. That's yeah, more and reason not to pay a guard. I'm going to suck either way, so I might as well suck and not blow money on a guard.
1: Well, maybe they have a change in philosophy. Maybe they want to ride the running game. Maybe they want to have a dominant offensive line that can allow Sonny Michelle and Damian Harris.
0: Let's take a little offshoot there. Bill Belichick seems to be a little too in love with Sony Michelle. That's all we hear. At what point is it, it's not how you got here, it's what you do once you get here, or you are what you are, whatever cliche you want to use. Sonny Michelle is a mediocre running back at best, right? Uh, yes. He was a workhorse, but nothing special as a rookie when they went down the stretch. And as I said on Mud at Night the other night, the 85 Bears rode the 46 defense to a Super Bowl title. The Patriots rode the 46 offense, James Devlin, to a Super Bowl title. That's how they did it. By the way, that might be in my uh, fast five on Friday. I like it. I like it. But, like, he's never – how many times – I'm going to say zero before I even ask the question. No, My I know answer, your question, and it's a zero. He, how, how many, many time times have you been like, wow, or look at that play he made, or look at that run, or wow, he made something out of nothing there? Nothing. Never. 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 He's a jag. And I don't mean that in a, like, as disrespectfully as it sounds. Well, again, but,
1: he, he, gets the, he gets a knock against him because he was a first-round pick. We would be looking at him a lot differently if
0: he was a second or third-round pick. Uh, yes, but I still wouldn't be saying – I'm necess- regardless of where he was drafted, I still wouldn't necessarily be saying I'm all in on, well, we're going to run the ball and play defense. Let's load up on guards. Uh, but I'm not sure we have the running back to do that. You know, maybe Damian Harris is better. Like, I know this is unfair, and this is the, the example that's always the comparison. Nick Chubb, because that was his college teammate Correct. that went six picks later or whatever the number was but Nick Chubb had more impressive runs in the one game I watched of Nick Chubb last year at Gillette Stadium yep. than Sony Michel has in the entire career I've watched him. Correct. So the reality is in my opinion you don't have a franchise or a workhorse running back or anybody to lean on. Like I was a Legarett Blunt hater. Legarett Blunt had a lot more runs that I would say were great runs than Sony Michel has had. Uh yeah. Yeah,
1: not okay. not yeah, cuz he carried guys and you know ran guys
0: over and he used to close out games with like a 40 yard run in the fourth quarter that just ended the other team's chances of of anything right sony michelle followed james devlin and the offensive line but i think that's but that's why you need to invest in the offensive line because he needs that no you know what i'd invest in a better running back
1: (laughs) that can't happen at this point
0: of course it can anything can happen for the 2020 season Go get Le'Veon Bell if you like him. Give Damian Harris a chance. You can always find a guy. Okay. Right? Because teams are afraid to pay running backs. Yes. So instead of overpaying your left guard, maybe go get a running back. That's one – that's the other side of the boat. That's sure. I I just – I just – I don't – I like Sony as like a backup or just a run-of-the-mill back. Or if this were the old Patriots and the offense was built around Gronk and – Welker or Moss and Welker right. Gronk, and the passing game was this elite passing game I think Sony would be fine Yep. but it isn't and I don't think he's good enough to make up the difference right now by any chance um, building off that I guess we did our 53 man
1: roster projection I guess we won't go through all 53 guys but <laughs> like the spots that we had debate on were based the offensive line there's a question of who are your backups? How many veterans guys? How many rookies make it? We had, I think, we both agreed you have to have Yannicka Juice and Frohol on there because they're, you know, high picks last year, third, fourth round. And um, then it comes down to a bunch of other random guys for the last couple spots. And we went with Aluminor and Justin Heron, the rookie out of Wake Forest. Um, as we said in our write-up, basically. Tunney's contract is the biggest question mark. Otherwise, it's just a battle for depth spots. And I think we agreed that you could really go anywhere you want with this spot, but that's just who we went with.
0: Right. And I don't know why I've kind of taken a liking to Justin Heron, having never seen him, and nor am I even sure how to pronounce his name. One pronunciation said Heron, so uh, H-E-R-R-O-N. Him. Um, durability. Fifty. I think fifty-one starts for Wake Forest. Yeah. So he's the guy that I think. He was a left tackle there, projected his guard, but clearly would have a little bit of flexibility in an emergency, which is what you look for in a backup offensive lineman. Um, but as you said, I think we've kind of moved past the David Andrews thing. I think we've allowed him to just convince us he's ready to go, even though we haven't seen him and yep. won't know for sure, I think, until we do see him put, you know, string together a few practices. Because I think that'll be a question for me. Okay, so say the first day of camp, whenever that is, he's out there. Okay, he's hitting, he's hitting make sure he's out there three, okay, four, five, line? six days in a row. Yeah. Before I – and then same thing with games. Okay, we started live games, padded action. Okay, he's your center. But then the other one is the Joe Tooney thing. Like, if he's gone tomorrow, I, I mean, now you need a starter. You know We're yeah. talking about backups. Like, now you need a starter. Um, and I don't – There's not really that guy veteran. on the roster. No. Illuminor is the veteran. You've been an advocate of bringing back Ferenc. Um
1: uh, I'm not advocating, advocating for it. I just think if you're left in a bad situation, he could sort of
0: patch it up. Could he? Yeah. He can. I don't think he could. You what I think that. he is? If, he, if there's a hole in your boat and it's about three inches across, you have this plug that's two inches across, and you try to put that in the hole, you know what happens? Nothing. It doesn't plug the hole. He did a solid job in the game he started. Oh, that. Jesus Christ. Between Kyle Duggar doing a solid job in a senior bowl and Kirk Ferentz playing one good – I mean, uh, James Ferentz playing one good game, all you're going to do is one game and everybody gives you like, oh, he can do everything now. He's a superstar. He's been around long enough. I think he could he could do the job. I wouldn't
1: say he would be making the Pro Bowl, but he I don't think he would be a guy you'd be saying
0: cost you games. I think he would get Jared Stidham killed. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But – you know, if Joe Tooney's still here, then you don't have to worry about that. Right? Right. right. If um, he's not here, then your guy, uh, what's his name? Cole, Cole. I'm not uh, Popovich's son, Popovich.
1: Cole Popovich?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Apparently yeah. he's the O-line coach, according to some rumblings.
1: Yeah, cor- but, uh, yeah.
0: I still don't buy it. I still think I, it's the other guy.
1: I don't, yeah. Carmen uh, Br- Bricelli? Bricello, 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 something. Bricello, Bricello, yeah. Yeah. Uh, The other wide receiver was sort of some questions there. Obviously, Edelman Harry, Sanu Myers. But then you have a question of the guys you brought in, Marquise Leeds, Amir Bird. uh, I guess Gunner's in that equation. And I guess you really don't know until they get out on the field. Like, Lee's had injury concerns. How healthy is he? If he's healthy, obviously, I think he's going to have to make the team. But we just don't know that. So this is very, very early projections.
0: It's ridiculously early. Do you remember last year when – um, uh, who was that JAG free agent receiver that caught everything like the first four days of camp? And everybody's like, oh, he's making the team. He Jordan caught Matthews? everything from Brady. Huh? Matthews
1: or was that a couple of years ago?
0: No, last year. No, not Matthews. It was the guy that played – might have been the guy from the Redskins last year. Uh, but he. everybody in week one said, oh, he's a lock to make the roster. He's catching everything. Brady's already hooked. Corey up. Harris. Yes. He was a lock to make everybody's roster and I never heard from him again. Gone. So that can change that quickly in camp. We haven't even seen Lee. I couldn't tell you anything about Demir Bird except he had one decent year with the Cardinals and he's fast. Right. Like, who knows? One of these rookies, undrafted rookies could make it. Jacoby Myers might not make it. Right. Like, I mean, his rapport with Stidham should help him and what he did as a rookie I would be surprised if he doesn't make it, but you don't really know. And they could add somebody. I wouldn't rule out an addition at wide receiver at any point, another Marquise Lee type. Or, you know who I was thinking about? like Not this guy in particular, but I bet you there'll be the addition of, and maybe Lee is this guy, but like Kevin White, that first-round receiver with the Bears. Yep, yep. Or – like, some guy that was a first-round pick and did nothing and just busted it. out. Yep. And they say, worth a flyer. You know, he still right. has the – who do I see working out? Um, There's a guy making a comeback. Is it Percy Harvin that I yeah, see working I think you're right. Yes, yes. I, my, my prediction is there will be some big name, quote-unquote, and I don't yeah, not a big name in that he's a Pro Bowl receiver. I mean, a big name in that he was once a name in either college or the draft. That's Bryant, too big a name. No, no, no. Okay, no.
1: okay.
0: Too big. A, he was actually an NFL player. Okay. Sh- shoot lower. Okay. Name is going to be big, but production will be low. Down lower on the depth chart. All
1: right.
0: Uh, um, but we should talk about Andy Dalton.
1: You. I, I thought we were going to. You're, you're good with our roster. Just check check well, check, no. out. check check out our roster. It's yeah, it's it out. It's better to read it. It'll be up this afternoon, probably by the time
0: this podcast is posted. So right. give it a look. Um, if we tell them everything, then they listen to this. They never go click on it. We want their click. Right. And we can't. Plus it's easier for them to compare. We should say we banged out about 43-ish, 45. Right off the bat. No no problem. And that's probably a little strong for us. but So the last eight or 10 is where we kind of debated, added people, undrafted, blah, blah, blah. Right. But yeah. Go click on it as soon as Ryan posts it. And then uh, before we
1: move or end this podcast, we have to hit on Andy Dalton, who was released by the Bengals today. Uh, we'll preface this by saying if you are listening to this later on on Thursday, Friday, Dalton could sign with the Patriots, could sign with the Jaguars, could sign anywhere, and it, this would be basically useless, useless information. But he's, he's available right now. Uh, he was linked to the Patriots by some Cincinnati Inquirer reporter. Uh, do you buy it.
0: You probably should have given the, uh, this is useless information preamble before the whole podcast, because really, what's useful in us just BSing for a half hour about the That's Patriots? Cool. That's cool. Um, okay, I'm going to put it this way. Whether the Patriots have already signed Andy Dalton or not, when you listen to these words, he's better than Brian Hoyer, and he still stinks. That is my analysis of Andy Dalton. He is mediocre mid-level, good enough to be in the NFL, never good enough to win anything, got them to the playoffs, but obviously had much more talent there. You know, the times he he was throwing to A.J. Green, Mohamed Sanu, Tyler Eifert at various times and combinations. He doesn't really have – well, he can still throw to Sanu here, but Sanu's not very good. Um, He just – I never liked him coming out. Now, he had a better career than I thought he would. I thought he would just be Brian Hoyer. I thought he'd be like a journeyman backup. And he was kind of a journeyman starter in one place, you know, which is weird. Journeymen right. usually bounce around. But to me, that he was barely better than journeyman.
1: Well, because he had um, Marvin Lewis, who was very, very loyal.
0: Right. And he the Bengals, stinks. a cheap organization, blah, 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 like the whole thing. Um, but I do think he's better than Brian Hoyer. He's a better option. And if the crap pits the fan and Stidham stinks, you're going to be better with Dalton marginally. Now, see, but- I think if you bring in Dalton, he's the starter. You bring in Dalton to
1: buy Stidham another year, and you go with Andy Dalton. Because it's a, win win. it's a win-win for both sides. If you have Dalton succeed, he potentially has a chance to get another contract as a starter somewhere, and then you buy Stidham another year to get ready.
0: Actually, I actually think it's a lose-lose for everybody. If Stidham doesn't play, we don't learn anything about Stidham. And if Dalton plays, you win just enough games so that you don't get a high enough pick to get a real quarterback. So then so then, why bring him in at all? You also so, mentioned he got benched last year. Yeah. And replaced by whoever the hell he got, Lindley, whatever that guy's Ryan name Lindley, is. Yeah, rookie, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he is what he is at this point, but I just, I would rank him, it, it, who I want to play, it would be Stidham, and then I don't really give a rat's ass because I'm not going to be happy if either Hoyer or Dalton plays, but I think Dalton's a better player. If you're actually trying to be, if Bill's trying to be the seven seed and win play, win games and try to make the postseason, I still would go with, with um, Stidham first because I think there's upside and then my next pick would be Dalton
1: yeah I, I don't want Brian Hoyer starting any games with the Patriots those games would literally be unwatchable
0: correct now I, I don't think it'd be much better with Dalton because he likes to throw picks at times and do some but of at the least same things he started games well Hoyer started games
1: I, like I just get the sense that McDaniels could actually make I'm not saying he turned Dalton into a pro bowler but I think he can make him into something decent
0: um i don't know because the lack of weapons is alarming too but you don't think he could he could develop a k- chemistry with edelman sanu um harry
1: like i think uh, edelman uh, and dalton could actually work pretty well together
0: Jeez, got a dog barging in <laughs> um Are you adam schefter why did he do that yeah oh no i'm bill that's my nike no i going to add some analysis to our uh, podcast. Um, I just – to me, you're spinning your wheels with Andy Dalton. In a weird way, you're spinning your wheels more than you are with Hoyer. Because I think – I agree with you on Hoyer, but you'd benefit from losing. That would be the only thing with Hoyer is – But you, Bill's not have... going to do that, though. How do we know that? Because Bill's – he's just not going to go into a year looking to lose. Well, he shouldn't because he called the Colts irresponsible for their – uh, problems at backup quarterback which actually could be a sign that he should sign Dalton a get a better quarterback a more proven you know he you had those quotes about him what he said about Dalton last year although
1: yeah, as a lot of people pointed out to that he says about every quarterback he faces that week no I know
0: I know and that was also wrapped up in his week of praising the Bengals to take a shot at I think Zach Taylor for not yeah. winning with all that talent um, I don't know I, I I am not interested in Andy Dalton really I just am interested. I'm all in on Stidham. Sink or swim with Stidham, right? Jump in with him and see what happens. So would you be upset if they signed Dalton? No. Now, we should also say that could be the impetus for the Joe Tooney situation because you need money. Even if you sign Dalton to the minimum, basically, you need money. And I don't know that he's going to play for the minimum. Um, We should also mention that if we're talking quarterbacks and veterans, the Patriots became the favorite, uh, according to – vegas odds even though they're not really vegas odds they're like online low level odds whatever. Um, yeah. for cam newton and take that for whatever it might be you um
1: had multiple people come out saying there is no interest i think giardi and and jeff howe said that it's not there
0: yeah i'll take giardi's word for it anyway <laughs> um yeah so whatever are they still look are they even still looking for the veteran? they have four quarterbacks like we can't even say they have to add a quarterback anymore they have four right. quarterbacks right based on the um jamar smith and brian Lawerky. lewerke is that how you say it i have no idea okay Michigan um, State. he stinks <laughs> <laughs> okay you don't have to be mean
1: he's the next danny etling
0: yeah but you love danny
1: etling yeah i know but i don't know but i admit that danny etling stinks okay
0: so what are you going to say about Lewerke when you, like, do an interview with him and realize he's a really nice guy?
1: He could be my Danny Etling.
0: <laughs> Maybe what if, do you say?
1: If he looks better than Brian Hoyer, then I can actually turn him into Danny Etling again.
0: I don't think he'll look better than Brian Hoyer. I don't either. Um, and I don't think the Jamar Smith kid will either. He's sort of an undersized...
1: Did you see the, some pictures going around of him? He doesn't
0: throw with the laces. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All over the place. Yeah. Which... I don't know what to make of that. Maybe that's why his completion percentage was below 60% most of his career. Right. Maybe maybe Um, Patriots foul time. They'll they'll convince him to throw at the laces. Imagine that if they just say, listen, we have one thing we need. Just throw with the laces and you'll complete more passes. (laughs) Um, So, no, we're right back to where I was um, with my Monday column. I'm all in on Jared Stidham. I think Bill Belichick is pretty much all in on Jared Stidham. Uh, I hope that is the plan. I hope that's plan A and B. Don't give up on him too early. Don't If he stinks in September, you know, let him go to October and figure it out. That's where I am. All right, uh, that wraps up this podcast. Next week, I think we'll have uh, some schedule talk. Schedule's supposed to come out next week? Schedule's supposed to come out next week and is supposed to be tiered in a way where they can chop off some in the beginning if they have to due to coronavirus and maybe push the Super Bowl back. Uh, which right. could affect us because of the combine, I guess, would be pushed back, and all other stuff would be. Yep. Free agency would be moved because I can't imagine you'd start free agency like the week after the, the season
1: ends. Season. Yep, that's correct. So,
0: so yeah. yeah,
1: lots to talk about there.
0: I don't know about lots, but we'll talk about it.
1: Well, I think we could probably bang out two podcasts. next week, we'll probably do a preview scheduled podcast and then a post schedule podcast. How what?
0: Maybe not. We'll see how it goes. Are we going to do when? Win, loss, loss, <laughs> loss. No, we, we wouldn't do that. Probably like
1: we could <laughs> hey, we could
0: even get some some Buccaneers talk, some Marquee Tampa Bay Buccaneers games. Just say so you no, know, on Patriots.com, I believe one year, I posted my reaction to the schedule coming out and I just wrote W W W L <laughs> W. I don't think we'll be doing that. That okay. uh, could be maybe hey. a ra- maybe a radio segment though. Don't eliminate anything as possible content these days. You have to be open-minded. This this is true. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Peace out.